Welcome to the Green Acres podcast. We are so glad you're here. At Green Acres, we strive to transform lives with the truth of Jesus. Today's message comes from Pastor Michael Gossett. You know, I love getting to talk about the vision of our church. It's one of the things that I am absolutely most passionate about because I believe in what God has called us to do as a church family. Uh, But many times people wonder, well, why do we talk about the vision so much here at Green Acres? You know, it was just last night um, that uh, Riley and Reagan and Rowan, we were all out uh, playing basketball together. They asked me, dad, will you come play basketball with us? So we grabbed the basketball and Riley goes to bounce the ball and it's just a doom. I mean, just a thud, all right? The ball is flat, doesn't bounce, okay? Has anybody ever tried to dribble a flat ball? Okay, it doesn't work. It doesn't matter if you um, have are a beginner of basketball. That's the Lord getting your attention right now. It doesn't matter if you are just beginning basketball or if you're Michael Jordan, it doesn't matter. A, a flat basketball is just not going to be useful in the hands of any basketball player. What we figured out is, is just over time that the air just continues to leak out of the basketball. So you pump the basketball back up and then there you go. It's ready to go. So many times it's the same thing in the life of a church. It's the same thing in the life of believers that they, we have this, um, this, this part of us that is known as vision leak, okay? Just like an air leaks out of the basketball, vision leaks so often out of organizations. It leaks out of followers of Jesus. This is why Jesus spent so much time over and over again telling his disciples what to do. He would teach them in clear ways. He would teach them in unique ways. But did you know that so often he would use these paradoxical statements just to draw in the follower so that he could grab their attention and remind them and inflate them once again of the vision. He would make statements like, if you want to be first, then you have to be last. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, then you have to be the least of these. If you want to be exalted, you must be a servant. If you want to live, then you must die. All of these statements were built so that the disciples could discern once again, oh, that's what we're supposed to be about. Nothing else. And Jesus is very clear in Luke chapter 14. When you get to Luke chapter 14, you see... In verses 24 through 33, exactly what the vision is from Jesus about what it truly means to follow him. He gives it very clearly. He says things that are somewhat concerning on the surface, but nonetheless, it is very clear about the expectations of what it truly means to follow Jesus. And so I want to invite you, if you have your copy of God's word, if you are willing and able, would you stand with us just in honor of reading God's word together? It says this 
In Luke chapter 14, verse 25, it says, now great crowds were traveling with him. So he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. For which of you, wanting to build a tower, doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, after he has laid the foundation and cannot finish it, all the onlookers would begin to ridicule him, saying, this man started to build and wasn't able to finish. Or what king going to war against another king will not first sit down and decide if he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If not, while the other is still far off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. In the same way, therefore, every one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. Lord Jesus, we ask, God, that you would remind us of what it truly means to be your disciple. God, we want to follow you. We want to surrender everything to you. And so, God, would you remind us today or teach us for the first time of what it really means? And so, Father, be with us now. Speak to us by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, you may be seated once again. And so this is what Jesus says it means to be all in. And I want to just tell you, I have some helpers who are coming here um, to, to help us celebrate moments of you being all in. Because what we are doing today is we are celebrating all that God has done in the last uh, past 11 months. And as we look forward to what God is gonna continue, what we are praying for God to continue to do. And so listen, I don't want any wimpy cheers today, okay? This is, this is cool stuff that God has done. Charlie, you liked that, didn't you, okay? All right, but this is good stuff of what God has done through you, this body of believers. And so many of you know our vision statement. It is transforming lives with the truth of Jesus. And so when we see life transformation, we wanna celebrate it in big ways. All right, so the first thing that we're gonna celebrate, Wade is gonna kick us off right here. We have had 10 brand new connect groups starting uh, just in the past 11 months. All right, that is a big deal. Um, Wade and his bride, they're starting one coming up soon too, okay? I just spilled the beans for you, Wade. All right, and next we have uh, Miss Whitney. Look, let's see, how many baptisms have we celebrated? 205. We, listen, we, we couldn't send that back to the, to the print shop. It's actually 208, okay, because of the three students right there that just got baptized. All right, Randy, how many salvations have we seen that we know of? 254 salvations just in the past 11 months that we know about. All right, and so we wanna celebrate how many people not just have given their life to Jesus. Anna Grace, you better hold up, okay? Not just given their life to Jesus, but how many have been sent out for the name of Jesus? Anna Grace, let's see that. 277 people have left 
and gone on a mission trip. All right, and as a result, listen, we don't want to just fly in and fly out of, of these spots, but we want to make sure that we are having eternal impact. And you know what Jesus told us to do? He said, start churches. He said, not even the gates of hell will prevail against the churches. So we want to make sure that in everything that we do, we're helping start new churches. And so Charlie, how many churches have we started just the past 11 months? Listen, nine new church plants, but we all know that this does not happen apart from a healthy membership that everyone is all in on this vision. All right, and so we wanna celebrate everybody who said, hey, I wanna join Green Acres. I wanna be a part of that church family. So how many in the last 11 months can we celebrate? 572 new members who said, I wanna lock arms uh, with Green Acres Baptist Church. All right, and none of this uh, can happen apart from your generosity. But I want you to see um, in this that these uh, dollars that we're about to celebrate, this is the amount of money that is specific on mission outside of the church, okay? And so just in the past 11 months, let's see it, $2,858,008 have been sent out just for missional efforts. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the Flint campus is celebrating with us too, all right? This is the first time that our Flint campus has been back on the screen. So this is what I want you to do, okay? Um, before we celebrate what God has done at our Flint campus, I want you to let them know that you are here. And so let's welcome the Flint campus uh, right there. So let them hear you, cheer for them. All right. All right, and, and this is what we are celebrating. All right, Phil, let's see that card so that I can explain it a little bit more. All right, so I want you to look at this. Just on Easter weekend, they had 391 folks there worshiping with them on Easter weekend, which is a huge deal. They were able to celebrate nine baptisms and they are praying for 21 more, all right? So we are praying for that with them. But here's what I want you to see because this is a huge deal because in January, okay, this past January, uh, when we brought um, Pastor Jake uh, here, there were 87 people uh, worshiping with them at the Flint campus. And so to have 391 for Easter weekend is just a huge um, yay God moment because only he can do that. But also since the relaunch on Easter, uh, we have seen a 70% increase in their average attendance just in the past four months. All right, and so that is huge uh, for that campus. And we wanna celebrate with them. All right, so hey, once again, will you just cheer for our volunteers and all that God has done and y'all may exit. All right, Phil, you may exit. And thank you guys. And what fun it is. Wait, hustle, man. All right, I'm just kidding. All right. How much fun is it to just celebrate as a family? 
with both campuses, all that God is doing, but you and I both can recognize that God is not done. As long as there are more people who need to know Jesus, then our mission is not done. Until the Lord calls you home or until he returns, we have a task at hand. And this is why we wanna make sure that over and over again, that we wanna talk about this task. We wanna talk about the vision that God has given us because unless we are aligned toward that vision, then you and I are missing the point of why God allows us to gather here as followers of Jesus. So how do we maintain moving forward in this vision that God has given us? Well, the first thing that I want you to see is that we must be intentional with our pursuit. We must be intentional. You know, in 1636, you know, Harvard uh, was created and started with an incredible mission. Uh, in fact, their mission was simply uh, to be plainly instructed and consider well that the main end of your life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ. See, this was their mission in 1636, but it wasn't 80 years later that a group of pastors got together and saw this drift taking place at the school. And so they decided that they were gonna go to this um, guy, uh, a wealthy man, Mr. Yale, okay? And they said, we have to do something about it. So they started a new school, okay? And instead of the motto of just being truth, as it is with Harvard, they decided that their motto was going to be light and truth. Now, you know that both of these schools, they don't exemplify, they don't resemble what they were founded on by any stretch of the imagination. And what took place then is what is called vision or mission drift. You see, I find it fascinating that in every single one of our lives, in every organization, that you are never simply drifting towards success. You're never drifting in your business, in your workplace, whatever God is calling you in your context, never are you drifting toward what is good. In fact, it's the exact opposite. We have this tendency in us that if we were to just set ourselves in cruise control and just drift wherever the wind takes us, then we are definitely moving away from the intended target. There's no doubt about it. Never in your life are you drifting toward holiness. Never in your life are you just simply drifting toward prayer. Never are you drifting toward reading the Bible. Never are you drifting toward showing up for worship and waking up your family to make sure everyone is here. Never are you drifting toward serving. Never are you drifting toward these things. Why? Because it is hard. It takes being intentional in your life and with your family. It takes being intentional in your business to be Christ-like in every way. It takes an intentionality. You know, Jesus said in his vision in verse 27, he says, whoever does not bear his own cross 
and come after me cannot be my disciple. He's very clear. You cannot drift in this way. You have to daily take up your cross. You have to be daily reminded of the things of God to be renewed in your mind toward the things of Christ. And Jesus knew it was going to be difficult. He warned his disciples that it was going to be difficult. In fact, he tells them, he says, in this life, you will have many difficulties. Okay, it doesn't get much more clear than that. But even in our passage today, in verse 28, he tells us it's, it's going to be difficult. So I want you to consider the cost of what it really means to be my disciple. I want you to truly consider what it's going to take. And Jesus says, it's not this nominal type of following Jesus. I want you to see something. But before Jesus gets into it, there's this transitional phrase. It says that Jesus addressed the crowds. It says that he turned to the crowds and and said to them, Now, why is this important? You see, Jesus is making a little bit of a distinction here. He's not just addressing followers of Jesus, but he's addressing everyone who could hear. He's addressing the crowds. You see, the crowds knew of Jesus, but they weren't necessarily following Jesus. The crowds could claim that they were near Jesus, watching Jesus, but they couldn't claim that they were actually following Jesus. And so he tells them, listen, this is what it really looks like to follow me. See, Jesus is not worried about the crowds. He's worried about the heart of the people and whether or not they're truly all in. He says, unless you bear your own cross, unless you daily take up your cross, unless you renounce all things, you cannot be my disciple. Count the cost of what it truly means to be all in for him. You know, this is why we are so set on our values here at Green Acres. Because it's not just this vision statement that says transforming lives with the truth of Jesus, but we have values. And our values keep us aligned toward the vision. So I want you to think about it like this. If, if the vision is the destination of where we want to end up, then it is the values. It, uh, the values keep us on the road out of the ditches so that we may maintain the path toward the vision. And our values here are to connect to Jesus and his church to grow in the likeness of Jesus and to multiply for the purpose of Jesus. You'll hear us say this all the time, connect, grow, multiply, connect, grow, multiply, because this is what it looks like to pursue the vision that God has given us. And so it helps us stay aligned and be intentional in our pursuit of Jesus. It keeps us on the road toward Christ. And which means that every ministry effort, every staff position, every email that is sent, every budget dollar, every generation, every single one of us, it takes everything being all in for the sake of Jesus and this vision that he has given us. You see, if we're not careful, what can happen is we can drift away 
from those values, we can drift back into what's comfortable. We can drift back into what is easy. We can drift back into what we prefer. But instead, we lay all of that aside and say, we're going to be about these things. We want people who are lost to know Jesus and know that they have a place right here. We want everyone who who knows Christ to grow in his likeness so that we may all multiply for his purpose. You know what the vision really does for us as a body of believers? Not only does it keep us on the road, not only does it keep us intact, but it truly keeps us unified. You see, this is what we must understand. We must be unified in our approach. The vision does this. It helps us, it maintains, and it creates unity because not one person can claim that they have this better concept, this better idea over what God has called us to do as a body of believers. And so it breathes unity within us. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, I, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. You see, what is incredible about unity is that unity is not just some passive agreement with one another, but rather it is this intentional pursuit that you and I are on together as a body. And this is where Jesus and his distinctions between the crowd and the follower of Jesus, this is where it becomes clear because the crowd cannot be unified with the followers of Jesus. Those who are near God, but not necessarily with God, will be unified together. It is everyone who is all in for the sake of Christ that can be unified in Christ. And if we are separated by this, then there is absolutely no way to maintain unity on this side of heaven. You can't do it. You see, if we all have our own agendas, then we can't be solidified and unified on the one agenda that God gave us. If you and I have our own preferences, then we cannot defer to the preferences of Christ himself. And it's all centered on the idea of love. That you and I are called to love one another. Andrew Murray says, it is only when God's people stand as one body, one before God in the fellowship of love, one toward another in deep affection, one before the world in a love that the world can see, it is only then that they will have power to secure the blessing which they ask of God. The point of Andrew Murray's quote here is to show the power of God's love that exists in us for one another. It's not something that you have to conjure up on your own. It's not something that you can muster up on your own. It is the flow of God's love in you, through you, to others. But we also must be prepared with our resources. You see, if we are aligned on the vision, then our resources follow with that vision. It follows in step with the unity And as a church family, we want to steward every person. We want to steward every building. We want to steward every dollar that the Lord allows to pass through this church. 
All energy and every bit of our resources are for this one purpose and is the building of God's kingdom. Notice that we are not called to steward God's resources on behalf of Green Acres or the name of Green Acres. We are called to steward God's resources on behalf of the kingdom of God and the vision that God has called us to. That is why that we are always trying to build up new leaders to be sent out. Leaders are not built so that we can sit, sit in, but rather so that we can send out. And this is the way that God multiplies his church over and over and over again. Because can I just give you a little bit of a secret here? At the end of time, when Jesus returns or we see him face to face, no one is going to ask you how many baptisms Green Acres had in 2022. No one is going to ask you how many members did Green Acres have. No one is going to care about the attendance of Green Acres. Why? Because the reason why we celebrate these numbers is not because it's a badge of honor, but because we realize that every single one of these numbers has a name attached to it. And so when we celebrate 254 salvations, that is 254 stories and families that are changed forever by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is what is going to matter at the end of time. And so all of our resources must be aligned and driven toward that end. This is why this year, I'm so excited that we are launching a brand new residency program. A residency program is that we are gonna have residents who work here, okay? Residents who are called to ministry for the purpose of ministry development to either be raised up within Green Acres or sent out on behalf of Green Acres while continuing their education. And this is in partnership, by the way, with something else that is going to happen this year. We are starting a brand new Green Acres Institute. Now, what is the Institute all about? Well, the Green Acres Institute is in partnership with ETBU, all right, the school right in our back door here. And it's gonna be a fully accredited institution that you can take classes for a bachelor's, for your master's, or if you wanna just continue education or whatever you wanna do, you can take classes right here at Green Acres Baptist Church. And so our residents are gonna be able to have uh, experience on the job and continue education. And I'm telling you, this is going to help in tremendous ways of building the leaders of the next generation that we can send out to make an impact for the kingdom of God. And here is what is incredible. Yeah, you could clap for that. All right, don't, but remember, if you clap, you can't be a wimp about it. Okay, you gotta go all in, all right, that's it. All right, but here's what is incredible. Uh, because of our Green Acres Foundation, this makes zero budget impact. All right, now I know that most of you are like, okay, well, I could cheer for that, absolutely, right? Uh, but that is your generosity at work, that we are building up leaders. We are stewarding resources to make the greatest impact for the kingdom of God, but we must be committed with our lives. You see, it can't just be one or two. It can't just be some for us to really achieve all that God is wanting to do through you, it's going to take every member. It's going to take every single one of us together aligned toward this one purpose. 
one purpose. And the question that you have to consider is, am I really all in? Am I truly all in? I want you to take out this card that you had in your seat, um, unless some kid came by and threw it out of your seat, which is a possibility. It's even higher possible that it was my kid, all right? But I want you to take out this card and I just want you to consider these things. Now, this is not gonna be something that you turn in. This is not gonna be something that we come and lay here on the steps or anything like that. This is simply between you and the Lord for you to pray through. Because I want us to make a commitment together that, yeah, I'm gonna be all in for the things of God. I'm gonna be all in for the kingdom of God. I'm gonna be all in for whatever God is calling me to do because do you know that a year ago, we began praying as a church family for three numbers, 10, 10, 10, one number, okay, but three times. Anyways, if you're new here, I wanna tell you what that means. It means that we are praying that over the next 10 years that we wanna see 10,000 people baptized because of the work that is going through you. And we wanna see 10 campuses here at Green Acres, a campus in a place where they don't have an option of a gospel-centered church. Not just a campus to have a campus, but a campus with a purpose that is making an impact in a community that doesn't have it. But we can't do this unless God moves. You see, you and I, we can make all the commitments we want. You and I can come up with the greatest strategies. You and I can have the best effort in mind, but unless the spirit of God moves, then it is nothing more than a slogan on the wall. I wanna tell you, that's why I love our vision statement when we talk about transformation, because it's only the spirit of God that can do it. It's not me, it's not just you. It is God working through us for his purpose. And unless his spirit falls, then all of it is void. So what would it look like if every single one of us were committed in this way? We were committed as the disciples were with Jesus. That Jesus, whatever you tell us to do, whatever you say to do, I am all in for you. You know, this is exactly what Jesus was doing. The night before he was betrayed, he gathered his disciples in the upper room and he started teaching them once again. And he talks about, hey, this is the bread and this bread is my body that I am going to be broken on your behalf. Now, the disciples didn't fully understand what was taking place. Because in the midst of the crucifixion, they scattered, they're confused. They didn't know that Jesus was going to go to his death and die. They definitely didn't know that he was going to raise again on the third day. And Jesus says to them, this is my body. It was broken for you. Then he takes the cup and he says, hey, this is, this is my blood of the new covenant that is being poured out for you. But then he says this. He says, as often as you eat 
and drink of these. He says, do so in remembrance of me. Remembering what? Jesus says that you are going to remember what I provided for you on the cross. You're gonna remember every time you gather together and you eat and drink of these things, you're gonna remember the sacrifice that I went to the cross on your behalf so that you may have life even though you deserve death, even though I was spotless and sinless, I'm going to die in your place so that you may have life. He says, remember that. But it's also, remember what I taught you. Remember why you are here. Remember, because there will be a day that I ascend into heaven and you're gonna have to continue this. And so I want you to do this. And when you do it, remember everything that I taught you. Remember the vision I gave you. Remember the impact that I promised you would make. And listen, we are not stopping here 2,000 years later. We have been given the torch of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the light to pierce the darkness. And you and I are to remember once again all that Christ has done so that we may continue moving forward in the name of Jesus because there has never been a time in the history of humanity that the gospel is needed more because there is darkness penetrating every corner and you and I have the answer, the light of Jesus. And so this is what's gonna happen in just a moment. I'm gonna pray. And our deacons are gonna get ready to serve the Lord's Supper. And it's gonna be a little bit different because we have two cups that are stacked on top of each other with both elements, okay? You have the juice and the bread just stacked together. So when the, it comes by, you're gonna take two cups. And as I say amen, in just a moment, I want you to be praying as the band comes out and begins to lead us once again. I want you to be praying and preparing your heart to remember once again. Will you just bow your head and pray with me now? Heavenly Father, will you teach us of what it truly means to be all in for you? Father, we want to please you. We want to live for you. And so, Father, would you take our hearts that are surrendered now for your name's sake? And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Hey, thank you for joining us today with our church family here at Green Acres Baptist Church. And this invitation is for you. Maybe God is stirring in your heart right now from what you have heard. Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus. Maybe God is calling you right now for salvation. You know, the Bible is very clear that if we uh, confess with our mouth and if we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, the Bible says that you will be saved. And so right now you could pray a very simple prayer and just say, God, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you to come into my life and save me. If that's you today, we wanna to help you and walk with you with this decision. Maybe for others of you, uh, maybe you've been saved, but maybe you've been waiting to get baptized. Uh, maybe you need to figure out what it means to be a member of our church here at Green Acres. Whatever that decision is, we wanna come alongside you. And so do us a favor. You can fill out the connect card at gabc.org and one of our team members will be with you very shortly. Whatever it is that God has laid on your heart, 
We wanna walk with you in your growth in Jesus Christ. I look forward to hearing from you soon.